This Marketplace podcast is supported by Smartling, a translation software platform for launching websites, mobile applications, and business documents in other languages. Smartling eliminates the need to manually manage translations in spreadsheets and email. Learn more at smartling.com slash marketplace. Marketplace is supported by Palo Alto Networks, delivering a next-generation security platform designed from the ground up to prevent today's advanced cyber attacks. Palo Alto Networks, the enterprise security company. Visit paloaltonetworks.com for more information. Marketplace is produced in association with the University of Southern California. The news today is Ebola and European banks and the coming fight in mobile payments. The feature stories are How Your Economy Looks to You and our series I've Always Wondered. A couple of other things thrown in there as well from American public media. This is Marketplace. In Los Angeles, I'm Kai Rizdal. It is Monday, today, the 27th of October. Great, as always, to have you with us. Casey Hickox, the nurse quarantined over the weekend by New Jersey Governor Chris Christie over Ebola fears, walked out of her isolation tent at University Hospital of Newark this afternoon. She got into a car and drove away. Maine is her reported destination. There may or may not be quarantine time in her future once she gets there. But either way, the questions that her case raises haven't gone away. Those questions are in part public safety, part logistics, part politics, and part HR as well, human resources. Because how do groups like Doctors Without Borders, for whom Hickox had volunteered, how do they get the healthcare workers who are urgently needed to contain the outbreak to go where the outbreak is when there is such an uncertain environment for them to come home to? There are lots of moving parts in this story from the health desk at WHYY. Marketplace's Dan Gorenstein explains. Money and equipment are on the way. The U.S. and Britain have both pledged to build Ebola treatment centers in West Africa. But will they be staffed up? Asked U.N. spokesperson Nika Alexander. From the beginning of the outbreak until now, it has been difficult to find people who have the experience, the willingness, and the flexibility. It's not an easy ask. The World Health Organization says despite countries including Cuba, China, and Ethiopia sending health teams, several hundred more foreign medical workers are needed. Don't forget Guinea, with the highest proportion of doctors among the three West African nations, has 10 physicians per 100,000 people. The U.S. has 240. Everyone agrees the way to keep the American public safe is to beat this virus over there. But who? Who should step up? These are some sticky issues, so I called up Johns Hopkins bioethicist Zachary Berger, who's also an epidemiologist, more than qualified to do this work. I have obligations to my patients. I have obligations to my family. I think I would do most good here. Berger's not alone. Lots of healthcare workers aren't going. Maybe they worry about getting sick or wonder whether they'll have the right skills or think they'll be treated like a pariah when they come back. Boston University's Dr. Nahid Badelia is one of the people trying to round up doctors to go. One way she does that is by telling stories, like the one about an old man in Sierra Leone. I went back in to see if there was someone to help me move him. And the minute I walked into the ward, his mother walked up to me with her six-month-old and said, this baby's not feeling well, can you help me? And by the time I was done taking care of the child, the old man was already dead. The intimacy and immediacy of that anecdote certainly gave Dr. Berger at Hopkins pause after I mentioned it during our interview. It's stories like that that make people, you know, shift how they see their obligation. Maybe Berger, too. 
It moved him enough that now he wants to get in touch with Dr. Bedalio. I'm Dan Gorenstein for Marketplace. A moment now for the global banking system, by which I mean, to be just a bit more accurate, the European slice of the global banking system. Regulators over there have been stress testing about 130 of the euro area's biggest banks to see how healthy or... More accurately, how unhealthy they are, wanting to avoid unpleasant surprises. The ECB, the European Central Bank, released the results over the weekend. The BBC's Jonathan Fruin is here to discuss. Jonathan, it's good to talk to you. Good to talk to you too, Kai. I want to know how this is playing over there, because I will tell you the story in the New York Times about this article said, just 13 banks fail ECB stress tests, as if, eh, you know, not that big a deal. How's it playing over there? Well, I noticed that the American headlines seem to be far more optimistic and the European ones, maybe it's it's part of our cultural differences, were a bit more pessimistic. But actually, there were two dozen that did originally fail. Ten of those have uh, subsequently shored up their finances. So I think there are some big questions that need to be answered.